Welcome to Simple Heart. This is your host, Calvin and Jean. And today we have a special word from the Holy Spirit for you today. So tune in, listen in, and be attentive. God bless you. Let's open the Word of God and we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 to 14. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. Even before we made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He's so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgive our sins. He had showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan. And this is the plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God. For he chose us in advance, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. God's purpose was that we Jews, who were the first to trust in Christ, would praise, bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identify you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify him. I want to read another portion of scripture to you from Matthew chapter 16 reading from verse 13 to verse 17. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciple, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some said John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say Jeremiah, or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Well, if I was supposed to pose a question to you today and ask, who do men say you are or who are you? What would be your response? So today we're gonna to talk a little bit about finding your identity in Jesus Christ. Identity, according to the free dictionary, means the condition of being a certain person or thing. A set of characteristics by which a person or thing is definitely recognized or known. The fact or condition of being the same as something else. Our personal identity is usually formed by how we see ourselves. It's often shaped by our early experience in life. Too often people base their identity on what they do. From their jobs to their roles in relationship. Defining themselves by these pursuits. By doing so, they significantly limit their lives. The truth is that God intends for all people 
to find their identity in Jesus Christ. One of the most important revelations we can get from the Word of God is to understand who we are in Christ. Identifying with Christ will change the way we live and cause us to rise above adversity. Not understanding our identity in Him will keep us living far below our rights and privilege in Christ. When asked by someone to identify yourself, what is your response? Usually the answer to that question begins with a name, maybe a first name and a last name. What happens when you state your name? When you meet someone and you say, my name is John Doe, what effect does it have on that person? What kind of response does your name get when it is spoken to a group of people who know you? When you think about who you are, how significant of a role does your given name play? Do you think more about your name or about your values, your opinion, likes and dislikes, your personality when you identify yourself? If we are to have a proper understanding of who we are, we must begin by answering some crucial questions. Who are we going to allow to determine who we are? Will we determine our identity? Will we allow parents or close family members to determine who we are? Will our identity be decided by those in the world around us? Maybe our friends or worse yet our enemies? Or will we allow the God of the universe to provide us with our identity? Let's take a look at Matthew 16, uh, verse 13. Jesus asked the question, Who do you people say the Son of Man is? What do you think is the purpose that Jesus asked the question? And imagine he asked his disciple, who do people say that he is? There were many different replies, but Simon Peter, I think, got the right answer. Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. But what was Jesus' response? Jesus responded, Simon, you are blessed because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. So Simon, Simon Peter didn't just get this just by his own intuition. It was the Holy Spirit that revealed this to him. So he could have given this answer to identify who Jesus was. So if I was to ask you today, who are you? What would be your response? So today I want us to understand what was God's original intent when he created us? What was his original intent? How did he expect us to, or how did he want us to shape our identity? And in Genesis chapter 1, 26 to 27, God said, let us make mankind in our image. After our likeness, let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the year, the beasts, and over all the earth, and over everything that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. According to Genesis chapter 1, 26 and 27, we were created in the image of God. So we got to understand that the image of God is a foundational concept for understanding our significance and purpose. Understanding that we are created in God's image and likeness help us to see the basis for the dignity and purpose of our life. And our worth is connected to our creator. If God is of great and inestimable worth, then human beings made in his image must be of great value also. We were created to display God's character and his characteristics. Also through us, God would display his attributes. 
Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He exists before anything was created and is supreme over all creation and this is found in Colossians 1.15. When man sinned, we took on the image of sin and no longer display the godly characteristics that God originally intended for us. We now display a sin-like characteristics. Let's read Galatians chapter 5 verse 13 to 25. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, that you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirits want. And the spirit give us desire that are opposite of what the sinful nature desire. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the spirit, you are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desire of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immortality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like that. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produced this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passion and desire of their sinful nature to his cross and crucify them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceit or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. We have to understand that our true identity is found in Christ Jesus. Christian selfhood is not defined in terms of who we are in and of ourselves. It's defined in terms of what God does to us and the relationship he created with us and the destiny appoints for us. God made us who we are so we could make known who he is. Our identity is for the sake of making known his identity. At the heart of what it means to be a Christian is to receive a new identity. In Jesus, we do not lose our true self, but we become our true self, only in him. Galatians 2:20 read, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. We have to understand that we are no longer slaves to sin. In Jeremiah 33, 7 to 8, it declared, I will cleanse them from all the sins they have committed against me 
and will forgive all their sins of rebellion against me. We are free. Christ's death and his resurrection cause us to be free. Romans 5, 12 to 21 declare, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sins brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone sinned. Yes, people sinned even before the law was given, but it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still everyone died. From the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit command of God, as Adam did. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ, who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. And the result of God's gracious gift is very different from the result of that one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation, but God's free gift led to our being made right with God. Even though we are guilty of many sins, for the sin of this one man, Adam, caused death to rule over many. But even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Yes, Adam's one sin bring condemnation to everyone, but Christ's one act of righteousness brings a righteous relationship with God and a new life for everyone. Because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one person obeyed God, many will be made righteous. God's law was given so that all people could see how sinful they were. But as, God's, but as people sin more and more, God's wonderful grace became more abundant. So just as sin ruled over all people and brought them to death, now God's wonderful grace rule instead, giving us right standing with God and resulting in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 8 tell us, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his only son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving us his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that pleases the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds lead to death. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never obeys God's law and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature they can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ, 
living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives life because you have been made right with God. The spirit of God who's raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal body by this same spirit living with you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the spirit you put to death the deeds of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slave. Instead, you receive God's Spirit when He adapts you as His own children. Now we call Him Abba Father. For His Spirit joined with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are His children, we are His hearers. In fact, together with Christ, we are hearers of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. Against its will, all creation was subject to God's curse. But with eager hope, for the creation looked forward to the day when it will go join God's children in glorious freedom from death and decay. For we know that all creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. And we believers also groan, even though we have the Holy Spirit within us as a foretaste of future glory. For we long for our bodies to be released from sin and suffering. We too wait with eager hope for the day when God will give us our full rights as his adopted children, including the new bodies he had promised us. We were given this hope when we were saved. If we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. But if we look forward to something we don't yet have, we must wait patiently and confidently. And the Holy Spirit helps in our weakness. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit pray for us with groanings that cannot be expressed. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit plead for, for us believers in harmony with God's will. And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. For God knew his people in advance and he chose them to become like his son so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to come to him. And having called them, he gave them right standing with himself. And having given them right standing, he gave them his glory. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one, for God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. 
for Christ died for us and raised to life for us and was raised to life for us and he's sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for a cause can anything ever separate us from Christ's love does it mean he no longer love us if we have trouble or calamity or persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death as the scripture says for your sake we are killed every day we're being slaughtered like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is yours through Christ Jesus who loves you. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fear for today or our worry about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below indeed nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed through Christ Jesus our Lord so this is great news I want you to know brothers and sisters that you are free because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross over 2,000 years ago the freedom Jesus offers is a spiritual freedom from the bondage of sin that is released from the lifestyle of habitual lawlessness. He continues with an analogy. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. The people would have understood Jesus to mean that they were not members of God's family, despite their biological relationship to Abraham, because they were slaves to sin. If they were to become disciple of Jesus, they would know the truth of their condition and the truth about Christ. And Jesus would set them free. Believers would be free from their bondage and brought into the family of God. In Christ, we exchange the old for the new, the imperfect and the incomplete for the incorruptible. In Christ, we become new. The old is passed away. Brothers and sisters, I want to let you know that we have to know the truth. We have to know the truth of who Christ is. We have to know that Jesus is the truth. Knowing the truth will set one at liberty. We'll be free from sin, free from condemnation, free from death. Jesus came to proclaim liberty to the captive. Live as people who are free. Not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as a servant of God. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14 to the end declared either way Christ's loves control us since we believe that Christ dies for all we also believe that we have all died to our old life he died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them so we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view at one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. How differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The whole life is gone. A new life has begun. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself no longer counting people's sin against them 
and he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation so we are Christ's ambassadors God is making his appeal through us we speak for Christ when we plead come back to God for God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for sin so that we could be made with God through Christ so it's very important that we know the truth because the Bible declare when you know the truth the truth will set you free so dear brothers and sisters out there I just want to let you know you got to have a relationship with your creator and maker you got to read his word and you got to take your identity from what he displays or what he say about you with the word of God Christianity is based on the Christ-centered life. Christ offers a new life that is being conformed to the image of Christ. Example is character, is attitudes, is belief, is likeness, and his mind. Also is attributes. Christianity does not try and improve the old self. People who know who they are don't have to prove who they are. Jesus never allows his experience to change or alter his identity. So who am I in Christ? Oh, I love this. I am accepted. Oh, John 1, 12, 12 declare, I am God's child. John 15, 15 declare, as a disciple, I am a friend of Jesus Christ. Romans 5, 1 said, I've been justified. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 said, I am united with the Lord and I am one with him in the spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20 declare, I've been bought with a price and I belong to God. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 12, 27 declare, I am a member of Christ's body. Ephesians 1, 3 to 8, I have been chosen by God and adapted as his child. Colossians 1, 13 to 14, I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. Colossians 2, 9 to 10, I am complete in Christ. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, I have direct access to the throne of grace through Jesus Christ. God said, come let us reason together because though your sins are like scarlet, I will make you as white as snow. He declared, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Ah, God loves you. He loves you so much. I, I want you to know that I am secure. Romans 8, 1 to 2 declared, I am free from condemnation. Romans 8, 28 declared, I am assured that God's work for my good in all circumstances. That God is working for your good in all circumstances. Romans 8, 31 to 39, I am free from any condemnation brought against me and I cannot be separated from the love of God. Hallelujah. I just got to shout for this one because it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do. The love of God is an everlasting love. The agape love is an everlasting love. God loves me. He loves me all the time. He loves me when I'm out. He loves me when I'm in. He loves me when I'm weak. He loves me when I'm strong. In 2 Corinthians 1, 21 to 22, I have been established, anointed, and sealed by God. I've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. Colossians 3, 1 to 4, I'm hidden with Christ in God. Philippians 1, 6, 
I am confident that God will complete the good work he started within me. Hallelujah! God will complete the work. Yes, he that begin a good work is able to complete it to the end. Philippians 3.20 said, I am a citizen of heaven. 2 Timothy 1.7 I have not been given a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and of a sound mind. 1 John 5.18 said, I am born of God, and the evil one cannot touch me. Glory to God. Ah, I am hidden in Christ. This life that I live, I live through Christ who lives in me. So I thank you today. I hope these words will encourage you that your identity must be found in Christ and in the word of God. Say who God say you are. From this day forth, declare to others and declare to yourself, declare to the world what God has say about you and declare who God say you, you are. So let your identity be found in Jesus Christ. Let your identity be found in his love. Let your identity be found in his, found in his grace. Let your identity be found in his attribute. Because that was God's original intent. If you have listened to this word today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. Pray with me this simple prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. And I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. I believe that if you pray this simple prayer today, you are saved. Find a good local church where you can find a group to surround yourself with that will help you to walk this spiritual walk and to grow each day daily so that you can get more teachings about who Christ is and about how to live this daily life. I bless you and I thank you for listening to this word from the word of God. Have a good day. If you're enjoying the podcast, please share with your friends and family and encourage them to listen also. Thank you and have a good day. God bless.